Oh no. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh No with Anna Campion. It's me, your host, Anna Campion. Um, and I'm joined today by the lovely Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. What what a pleasure. You're you're phoning in all the way from the great Canada. Yes. The great, the great big north. I would say the north. Yeah. <laughs> how how is Canada these days? Oh, it's lovely, you know. Uh actually, <laughs> I don't know if you've been following the ridiculous news of the protests that are trying to shut down the capital and Okay, the I've seen I've seen uh bits and pieces of that. What what is what is happening there? Oh my gosh, it's uh can we swear on this program? Yeah, 100%. I encourage it. it. Yeah, we call it clusterfuck, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good way, I think, to describe it because the clusterfuck of having transport trucks block major traffic and then the police's response to use cement barricades to barricade them. Right. There's no way for people to get in and around. And so it has 100% halted like traffic in the downtown of the capital for and two what's, weeks. What's the what's the capital? Pardon my Ottawa. ignorance. Ottawa. That's okay. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Ottawa, Canada, which I'm a U.S. and a Canadian citizen. And mm-hmm. I will write Ottawa as like my hometown. And oh, wow. people will be like, Illinois. And I'm like, no, no. It no, it's like the, the real one. Capital of Canada. Yeah. yeah um, it's like, no. <laughs> I'm actually, right now I'm located on, I'm on Vancouver Island, which is Ooh. way, way, way west. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ottawa is where I'm normally from (laughs) question mark and ottawa uh, is i know because like so toronto is basically right above like new york almost it's like kind of in the same time zone i'm not sure where ottawa is in relation to ottawa yeah ottawa is four hours east of toronto and ottawa is actually a bit more directly above new york city and like Mm. toronto is like a bit more like above new york slash michigan got it okay yeah but uh I liked living in Ottawa and then I was living in New York a little bit periodically. I was trying mm-hmm. to move there full time. Then I got pregnant. I had to have my baby and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, man, listen, if you're going to have a baby <laughs> uh, and you can get to Canada, I think that's the way to go. To run with the baby between my legs as I'm crossing the border. Oh my but, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just in a, in a, in a, in a hood on your back. Um, yeah, just, how old's your but, baby uh, now? Like my baby's now two years because oh my God. right at the beginning of the a pandemic. Full pandemic baby. Absolutely. Yeah. So I Is, was driving, I would drive to Toronto. I would drive, my mom lives near Toronto and I was living, my partner and I are from uh, kind of more Ottawa. And so we would drive, it's eight hours it's equidistant to like my mom's house near Toronto or eight hours to, to Ottawa. So yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, um, that's, I feel like, um, I, my heart goes out to all the people who have had kids in the pandemic. Cause I mean, that's like a whole new level of fear. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, as they say, like, it's the same ocean. We're all in different boats. Cause mm-hmm. like, I feel like when it's been hard for me, I remember to myself of like, I feel very privileged that I'm I'm safe. I, I don't live super in a downtown area. 
this whole time and, mm-hmm. and I've been able to dodge the pen like dodge the coronavirus like yeah snowboarder yeah. on the olympics or something yeah not because everyone yeah everyone around here like is still getting it so it's it's kind of like same um yeah. no i i have also been very lucky enough to avoid it and almost everyone in my family has avoided it except for my sister which i talked about a few weeks ago but she basically she got a positive COVID test being completely asymptomatic the day before her flight to Sweden left. No. Uh, Yeah. To go study abroad. So, uh, she's fine. She, you know, she literally was like, thank God, asymptomatic the whole time. Um, and she is now in Sweden and she's having a great time, but it was like, I was like, Oh, we were so close. Um, but it's crazy because she was there with my brother, my dad, and my mom. And none of those three got COVID, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, I did, you know, we we talk about Canadian, uh, current events, but in New York, um, the mask mandate has, is getting lifted all over the place. And, um, I was talking to my girlfriend about it today. We were texting and I was like, I feel insane. Like, I (laughs) feel like, because I mean, just last week, like I saw, like, um, I back, back when I had hope, um, in the summer when, you know, everyone was freshly vaccinated and I'm like, yeah, this we're at the end of it. Um, yeah. uh, I bought a bunch of concert tickets that are now like yeah. happening. And so I'm now kind yeah. of like, I think I'm just going to sell them. Cause it's like, I don't, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a, um, it just doesn't feel smart for me personally. No, sh- no, no judgment or anything to anyone who is currently going and doing stuff. Cause like, I don't blame you. Cause like the government yeah. has basically said like, yeah, it's fine. But at least like for me personally, I'm kind of like, I, I think mm, eh, I'm good. I'm good on that. So I've that's just, been my, like, that's my take on it too. Yeah. So the whole trucker protest is about, it's all of our, I mean, I know this is like this in the States too. Like our mandates and stuff, a lot of them are, they're regional. So they're to do right. their provinces or our cities. And so the truckers are just like, end all mandates now to like the, like the federal government. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, well we we're, you know, everyone is. And so one of the provinces, two of the provinces have dropped their mandates and I'm, I'm definitely erring on the side of caution. I'm, I'm asthmatic. So I'm a little afraid mm-hmm. of getting the virus and you got a kid and uh i got a kid but i've been i've been thrice vaccinated so i'm i feel prepared i feel prepared i yeah but yeah i'm i'm cool i'm cool with like chilling inside a bit longer until i feel safer if it means that i'm going to potentially live longer like that doesn't seem like yeah it it sucks but it's like yeah no i I just i just keep thinking like um like, is it, is this for real? Is this like for real, for real worth it? And right now there are very few things that I think are for real, for real worth it. Um, the potential of getting COVID. And so I've just kind of been like, yeah, no, I'm selling these tickets, <laughs> 80 bucks a pop or whatever. Cause I just like, what did, what did you buy? I bought, I bought tickets to go see Casey Musgraves at uh, Madison square garden. And that was on Saturday and I love Casey Musgraves. I was really looking forward to that concert, but then I was like, 
feels silly to go to Madison Square Garden right now. And then I have tickets for later this month to go see Claro uh, at Radio City Music Hall. And I'm trying to sell those too, because I, I just don't, I'm supposed to go see Dua Lipa next month. Ooh. And I would love to, because I love Dua Lipa, but I'm kind of like, will, will Dua Lipa be worth it if I get COVID? And, and, and I don't know, probably not is kind of where I'm falling, but anyway, my Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. COVID. So, so besides the pandemic, um, tell me, it's, tell me about you, Leslie, what, what, what are you into? What are you up to? So that good stuff. I, I'm a person, I'm one, I'm one, one person. Uh, mm-hmm. I run a production company. I, I, I run a production company that uh, makes films and videos and, and kind of does anything around time-based media. So we can say audio or visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, my company's called Marshall Audio Visual Network. And yeah, I've been doing this for the last like seven years and I get to work on fun little projects for commercial companies, but then I also do a lot of art stuff too, which is fun. Um, in, in the last summer, I got to work on a Netflix documentary. <gasps> That's awesome. Stuff with like professional baseball. Yeah. And it's, it's been really great. And the focus of my company is to highlight some of the inequities in the film industry, which are vast. Yeah. Which um, I mean, I mean, really take focused. a pick. <laughs> it's, you could, you could, you could focus on a new one every month. Yeah. It's like, Oh, and there is a progressive part of society. Mm-hmm. Um, the coastal and, elites. Yes. And, uh, so I focus on hiring inclusive crews, um, mentoring and training people who are under underrepresented behind the camera um yeah and because I come from kind of a tech background and that's kind of that's my jam but mm-hmm. uh, I've had the pleasure of being in a lot of different film festivals and um yeah I had some films play in New York this summer which I really wanted to go to I know but I couldn't go I was like I can't just I'm like I can't also the border was closed until November 6th or yeah something. yeah yeah something i mean justifiably which i could have come because i'm american but i know my family couldn't have come so i had to leave my baby behind yeah sad yeah sad um well that's that's really cool and you know when you say you come from a tech background that's also like talk about another industry with a lot of inequity in it yeah i've had to talk about with folks and 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 I've had to, I'm not, I haven't stepped away from gigs, but what I do is I like recommend other people that might be better suited for the technical roles. So for instance, in Canada, uh, we deal a lot with right now, the truth and re- reconciliation um, with our indigenous people is something that our government says they're focusing on while they build pipelines through their uh, territories. Yeah. Sounds uh, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, deny them clean drinking water. But uh, yeah, it is something outwardly that they're trying to focus on. And so there's been a lot of different media engagements around documenting people's stories. And, and there's actually, there's a lot of indigenous, um, production companies and there's like an indigenous television network here and it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I was asked to do some work with the missing and murdered indigenous women and they were going to hire, yeah, the white boy crew. And I was like, you know, I was I very like so happened it was like an, this media agency was interviewing me for something else and they mentioned this project and I said you know it's it's 
when you're telling these really vulnerable stories, um, it may not be appropriate to have people who look like the aggressors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, behind the camera. It doesn't, doesn't make you feel comfortable. There are amazing people in film and television who look like cis white men who are great and listen and stuff, but they also have a really bad rap. So it's like, they're gonna have to do a lot of that to make up for well, all the other and I mean, for, fun people. for everyone, you know, even, even just like at my job and, and even, and for, you know, this like, uh, missing emerging indigenous women project, it's like for every, like one project that focuses on black history month or missing and murdered indigenous women, there are like 10 projects that are, if not more that are like focused on like cis white dudes. Yeah. And, and women, I mean, I'd say, yeah. I'd say probably maybe if like there's 10 for every, for like cis white dudes, then there's probably like eight for like cis white women. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's like the opportunity to sort of like work on something that is close to you and your identity is, is out. And not that, I don't know, like people don't need to have a certain identity to work on things, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's like, eh, well, yeah. And like, you don't need this one. Yeah. This isn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's hard. Cause, uh, there's so many great stories out there. And like, I think that people, when they look at what we call behind the camera or like in production, post-production, it's like, um, the context is there. There is like a critical lens. There is, there are things that you would see that you would maybe not see, you know, if you Mm -hmm. were from a particular group, it's like, you know, when we were working on a really great short film that's coming out in two weeks, um, it's being produced by like some think tanks and a couple universities here. Um, and it's about surveillance culture and it's a short film. Um, it's like an, in the knowledge translation world, which is edutainment, but they right. tell me, I can't say edutainment yeah. Um, yeah. where, you know, they want to teach students about this stuff. They want to talk to it about with governments and have educational tools that like mm-hmm. are interesting. So we, we did this like really big short film. And they wanted a whole um, person of color cast and crew. And, and they came to my company and I, I was like, okay, obviously I'm a white woman. Um, and I just, I just, I pushed it to other people and like I worked to try and achieve their goals and, and to try and step back as much as possible. And like, mm-hmm. I think previously on these projects, like someone in my role would have been the director. And I was like, this isn't for me. This content is not it's it, it isn't it isn't for me because it's like surveillance and technology but yeah um yeah I just I think it's really important to think about who is making the media too because mm-hmm. also those people are reaping economic benefits because of it too and so it's like oh we're producing this really great content for a group of people that aren't all going to be paid to be on this project like right. the technicians are getting paid um yeah, I mean it's subjects or not. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of it's like yeah, I mean it's just it's the you know using using someone else's story for your gain which has happened it happened so much in you know the sort of like 
general storytelling world, whether it be like books or even like podcasts and, you know, uh, film and television and all this stuff. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I think it's weird appropriation. It's like, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I hope that we're now getting more into like people who sort of like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And like, I, it's so it's ridiculous to be like, oh, we're moving the needle forward. And it feels like it's literally the needle on a thread of a vinyl record. And the vinyl record is the size of the world. And we're mm-hmm. only tiny here. Um, but like one thing I talk about with companies and with my crews is just the languages we use on set. And obviously we remove like gendered, like related roles because it's 2022, which is right. mine fucking blowing but you know like it's not say sound man or cameraman or whatever and like and there's some other like really awful like slang terms that people have used in the past and just but then also removing like violent language around it too like I actually like don't like say the word like shooting I like to say filming oh that's smart because we were working with communities that were in violence that had violence committed against them and so we're like it was a really good analogy um a colleague of mine um, Quendi Cafense, who's an awesome DJ, but also like amazing, like geographer, social scientist. Um, a, he, a Renaissance he, man. He's a Renaissance <laughs> man. Um, he, uh, was DJing for Obama came and gave a large speech at a, you know, a huge stadium here. And, uh, and so he was backstage and, and, um, the photographer says to the president, like, okay, sir, we're going to shoot you over here. And the detail, like the security detail yeah. gets the photographer and is like, you will not be shooting the president anywhere. You will yeah. be photographing the president. And we will never use that word again around the president. I was like, no, great. And, and you wouldn't even think, I, I would have never even thought of that. But it makes sense. Yeah. Cause... And I think there's, yeah, it's like you take for granted, especially you know, like I'm not from a community that has experienced gun violence, mm-hmm. but if I was like, I might see things, hear things a bit differently. And, and yeah. for all those reasons too, like there's so many different ways to be more inclusive. One thing we're working on a lot right now is just like people in, who are members of the disability community and like representing their voices and like, and having, making sure that our videos are accessible and like have mm-hmm. captioning or like have descriptive video and, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff too, just like always working like there's literally no area that you'll be done working in terms of justice yeah yeah. it's a it's a it's it's a real sisyphean is is that how you would say it like sisyphus and and his rock yeah it's it it will keep going Mm -hmm. yeah it will keep going yeah but (laughs) on a lighter note on the on the (laughs) on the the embarrassing story part of this podcast um are you a person who gets embarrassed easily um I feel like because I'm behind the camera so much but I'm also I I know that I'm I'm like a different kind of beast too Mm because um but because I like objectify people with the camera I have a personal rule where like I can't say no to a photo or I can't be hypercritical about my image because I use so much other people's images and they're, and oftentimes people are like, Oh, I don't really love this. And I try and make work that everyone is super happy with, but 
it's hard, especially when society always tells you you're ugly, no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like deep down, I'm like, a, I'll get a little shy about stuff, but I'll like outwardly, I'm like, and I'm very much, as you can see, like an extrovert. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like, yeah, it doesn't bother yeah. me. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, that's, that's I'm great. I'm no robot. Yeah. I like, I love to laugh. I, I think that like finding humor in ourselves is so relatable. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. And I, I can't shy away because just because it's me, you know? Right. Like, yeah. 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 I feel like it's, I feel kind of the same way where like, I think I kind of have a similar role where like, if I would encourage someone else to do it, then I should probably just like yeah. do it. And so like, for me, that would often come out a lot in like dating, which resulted in mm-hmm. a lot of terrible dates, but funny stories. So, yes. you know, give and take. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I have a lot of embarrassing stories. It's, it's hard to like nail down one or two. I have, I have a story for you for sure today, but I was thinking, it was like, Oh, like, I feel like every other week like or month or day like the universe is just coming back like at one point I thought I had like instant karma like I'd, I'd like insult someone and be like oh that person's fucking stupid and then I get like hit in the face with the door immediately and I'm like oh you got me this time I should just keep my mouth uh, shut I guess I guess if I don't have anything nice to say then I just won't say it at all that's like yeah I, and I have you. had that really com- comedic thing comedic thing happened where I'm walking down the street like trying to look like hip and like get on my phone and, like walk into a telephone pole like a clown mm-hmm. just like oh I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> no that was intentional I, just, I love running into I, I love running into phone poles it's like my it's like my passion <laughs> but yeah you yeah, you mentioned that you sometimes, had yeah I feel like those I was going to say that I feel like those like Warner Brothers cartoons from the 1940s that are just yeah, like, like I'm, I'm the Roadrunner or yeah. I'm the Coyote rather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roadrunner kind of always gets out of the sticky situation and yeah. you're the one running into the painted cliff. It's true. Or the painted. Yeah. yeah. I guess cliff. I don't know. It's just like not the side of the cliff that you would normally. Or like a of. comedic like weight or, or like a ton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An anvil. An anvil, yeah, just regular yeah. A, a piano in the middle of the desert falling oh, on your head. Always falling on me. Yeah, I mean, and it's a pain. It's a real pain. Um, getting up all those keys, so many. Yeah, so, many, so and it's teeth. like, and then they get in your mouth and they replace your teeth, and then it's like a whole thing. It's so annoying. Um, yeah. but you mentioned that you had one embarrassing story in particular. I think. Yeah, um, I do. And- I'd love, I'd love to hear it. All right. I'll share it with you and your audience. Thank you for listening. Yes. Um, yes. My captive yeah. audience. So man, you should really let them go. Like, I know, <laughs> no, but it's like, I, have, I mean, I have four more months left on the storage unit. So I gotta, you know, I feel yeah. like use it or lose it sort of thing. So I may as well. I already paid it yeah. for it. So. Oh, I feel like the storage, the storage units are popping up in New York better than rental housing. Like, yeah, literally. I mean, most of them are like, great. I don't have to pay rent. And, mm-hmm. you know, they get stale bread every few days. 
<laughs> like like they're in like they're prisoners in the French Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I this is my story. Uh, I am just a lowly human, and I'm definitely not impervious to the world of love and romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and what with having a baby, I have I've had to go down that road. Um, right. But before I had a baby and a partner and a secure life of that right. kind. <laughs> Um, I, I was a bumbling, uh, person who's all out in the dating world. So, uh, and I was really struggling and, and it's funny at the time, it was like a lot of different, my, of my friends were in different places and in major cities and and we'd chat and be like, no, my city's the worst for dating. You're like, my city's the worst for dating. Like people are ghosting me and like, um, just terrible dating behavior, which, you know, I think has actually just been around forever. And I think, I think it's more about, talk about it now. Yeah. I think it's more about the age group than the city. Although I mm-hmm. will say, um, I'm from like Northern Virginia, like right near DC, speaking of capitals. And, um, I have a, a ton of my friends who I went to high school and college with, um, like have kind of lived there and sort of have settled there and work in DC. And I will say that when they tell me stories about dating, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm perfectly content here, here in the big apple. I'm yeah. totally cool with it. That government city. Well, and yeah, Ottawa being a government city at that time, I was dating in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did like it, it that at that time I was just doing what I could. And one when that was my first time I went to New York City was in that kind of that time frame. And I fe- definitely fell in love with New York. And I was like, it's gotta be so much better than here. And then I'd text my friends in New York and they'd be like, no, you would not believe the shit I'm going through right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was having a having a hard time not meeting anyone in particular. Mm-hmm. I uh, I I did the you know like online dating was still was wasn't super new. Like Lava Life had been around for a while, but mm-hmm. I got, tried OkCupid and it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> um, yeah. so is this pre Tinder or pre? Yes, that's actually this was well, pre apps. Like, this is like actually this is apps were just starting. So this right. it was like right. So Tinder was still Tinder was still out. like what your sketchy what the sketchiest person you knew was using to go date. Well, I mean that's kind of how my story ends because <sighs> it's like I Tinder had just started and it was like the new cool super hip thing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, I was talking about my girlfriends, you know, and and I had a friend who kept recommending, kept recommending it to me. And I was like, oh, I don't want to use an app. Like it's, I, you know, I'm fine with trying to just meet people at the shitty punk bar (laughs) and uh, I'm totally fine with like the drunk assholes I keep meeting. Um, But eventually enough was enough. And on one like fateful night where I was maybe at said punk bar and sure. drinking many, many of the, the drinks they offer there. Um, I was like totally messed up and I went home and I was like, ah, like I'm so alone in the yeah. world. Like, right. If only I could meet someone. Um, so I was like, I must try this app, but I could not remember what it was called. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, it ends with an R mm-hmm. and like, I can't remember because I'm drunk and I have no memory. And so 
this is when all, all the different kinds of apps are coming out. So the first one I typed in was Blender. And so I, I, uh, I, I jumped on, on Blender and I was like uh, a single like woman identifying person. And I was like, I'm like, just here to meet new people. And I like uploaded a cool looking photo and the, it felt like the whole program exploded and my mm-hmm. email like was set on fire because Blender for people that aren't familiar with, with it, I don't even know it. I, I bet it's still going, but it's not like popular anymore, but it was like, it was straight hookup app. So it was for people who were like looking for sex. And so the fact that it was on there and being like, Hey, I totally want to meet somebody. I had people messaging me. I will come to your house right now. I was started seeing like ex-boyfriends, ex-boyfriends being like, Oh, I didn't know you were single. And like, Oh, I'll, you know, I'd love to meet up. And mm-hmm. I didn't know this was all about sex. I just thought this is just really aggressive behavior. And mm-hmm. because I thought I was signing up for like the new, like actual dating app, mm-hmm. I was super freaked out and like, just like shut it down. Um, mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, not Blender. So it must be another one. So I download Growler and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this has got to be it. So I download Growler and put in my profile picture as like this white woman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and shockingly unpopular um with like the gay men's hookup the, i i just looked it up because i i hadn't heard of growler but i had an idea of what it was and it was exactly what yeah. i thought it was which for those of you who don't know is the gay bear social network yes growler gay bears near you bears being the term for yeah. like big hairy gay guys yeah yeah so that one, I was very unpopular. Um, I didn't really see a lot of um, people. Everyone identified as gay. So it was really hard for me to meet. I was at the time looking for like single men or women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, this isn't, this isn't really my pool. I can't find anybody like typical. Like I <laughs> sign up, there's nobody left. Um, and so I pass out because I'm so drunk. And mm-hmm. in the morning, I like open my computer and it's just like my email is totally fucked up. It takes me like two hours to delete all the messages from Blender and like mm-hmm. delete the app and like mm-hmm. live in my remorse of like right. everyone, everyone in our city, like kind of know in the art scene and stuff, like kind of knows each other. And I was just like, oh, like great. And then I get a text from my friend who I'd also texted that night being like, what is the name of that app at like three in the morning? And then she's like, it's name is Tinder. Mm-hmm. And so then. I finally downloaded Tinder and I did try that out for a while. It didn't mm-hmm. super rock my world, but I took a lot of screen grabs of people. I once took a picture of this guy who was uh, in a bathtub full of Doritos. Mm. And my, my best friend was like, you should have gone out with the Dorito guy. And I was like, it's just, it's a waste of Doritos. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I commend him for the effort. Um, it's better than a lot of pictures I ever saw of dudes on Tinder. Um, but yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree with you kind of just a waste. Yeah. Like you could, you could eat in those, like, are you going to put them back in the bag and eat the skin? Like maybe, maybe they were all like stale. Maybe he got mm. them from like a grocery stores. I don't know. And he's like, shucks. I only eat the fresh 
crispy Doritos. These ones are too bendy. These ones, these ones are a week old. Ew. Gross. I'm just going to dump them all over my body and jump <laughs> in the bathtub, like screws the duck into coins. Yeah. That, that, yeah. which, which is a funny visual to think of, of some yeah. guy. Well, yeah. yeah, it was. And I do little roundups of like the best that I saw in Tinder. It was a lot of like people holding fishes or like right. guitars or, or things I did not yeah. care about, but, uh, yeah, Tinder was a, was a weird, weird hole, but I, you know, I, I ended up meeting a couple of interesting people and strangely enough, I ended up with, uh, my partner who I met in real life at a punk bar, but I met him several times because I was, um, like to drink and mm-hmm. I played in a punk band too. And so and he was like, hi, I was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and then eventually we, like one time I ran into him in an aquafit class, which is very weird and so far removed from the punk. Yeah. That I was like, had no idea this person was he's well like then pretty much naked like yeah. what do you yeah then you then you're kind of like then you're kind of like okay i would mm. i'm in like a kind of niche scene with like a punk scene and the art scene and i keep seeing you there and this is even more niche than that because mm-hmm. i've never met anyone who does an aquafit class so <laughs> the fact that like someone like you saw like your partner there already from a somewhat niche scene like at least if if I were you I would kind of be like I think I have to know you now oh I was it was like the first time I had gotten exercise in like a year of depression Mm -hmm. so I was actually pretty mortified like it was like why would somebody talk to me because I I felt like I was escaping when I go into like the not the only place the not the punk bar Mm -hmm. (laughs) everywhere else in the world mm-hmm. I felt like I was in disguise because I would right. just like be like I'm in my normal body Hello, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was just like oh I'm so vulnerable and like I am so depressed I hated everybody like I was so right. mad at the world and and then this nice young gentleman is like and I also just had no idea like he has a very nondescript name Matt and he's like I'm Matt I was like the oh. fuck is that like and i i like one of you guys like yeah that's that's true one. and i mean i don't know uh at least every mat most mats i should say not every mat only a sith deals in absolutes um but most mats that i've met i at this point i run away from because i'm like i i good. i've done the mats I, I can't with the mats. Um, they, I mean, the, the real scarring factor for me was my freshman year of college. I had a boyfriend who had that name, who, um, cheated on me the entire time that we were dating and then got arrested for, um, like having drugs. Um, And I went at like two in the morning with his like roommate to go pick him up from jail. And when we were driving back, he was texting the girl that he was cheating on me with. And I was like, I think I'm going to break up with you. And he, and he did the whole, like, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking unalive myself if you you bring up with me. And I was like, I don't think you are. I don't think you're going to do that. And he didn't. 
turns That's out. Good. But he did get suspended for a semester. So I got out while I could. Dang. But I'm sure that your your mat is much more lovely. <laughs> Mine's pretty lovely, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean I I can't speak for all mats. I mean, I can't speak for all Leslie's either. So I can't I listen, many other Annas in my life that I have met um bring shame on the name. Bring shame to the name. Like deep shame. The Anna, the palindrome name. Yes. Yes. I know a few, I know a few Annas who I who I really like and who I think are cool. Um, but a lot of the Annas I met specifically in college, I was kind of like, whoa, this is this is not I I can't share a name with these people. I can't. But I did. I know I know two good Annas. So some other people are doing a good service. Well, good. Yeah. Good. That's well, right now we're, we, right now the Anna community is actually having a big windfall because of, I feel the Anna Marie Tendler, uh, love that's happening. Um, in response to John Mulaney, of course. Uh, but so I think, you know, we're having a pretty good, a pretty good year. That's good. I, so like far. my, my favorite Leslie, even though she's IE is Leslie Jones mm-hmm. laugh my face off. Yes. That's I a great enjoy, Leslie. I enjoy her so much. So proud. I had actually <laughs> another Canadian Leslie on the pot. She's also an IE on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, and she was awesome. So gosh, I have to look, look it up. Yeah. We're two for I, two. Yeah. I, I don't go to the Leslie conventions. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't need to know, you know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's, it's going to be 50, 50. I feel for whatever name, good people yeah. and bad people, mm-hmm. even for mass. Yeah. <laughs> who, math. who once, I mean, listen, anyway, um, but that's, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where like, um, like for example, my, uh, my middle name is Quinn and my mom really wanted my first name to be Quinn. And my dad said no, because he like knew a weird kid on his block for like a year when he was a kid. And he was like, no, I hate that name. (laughs) And, um, and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I feel like sometimes, you know, you just kind of get, it's not my middle name. And I really like it as my middle name. Um, my dad also uh, nixed the name Guinevere for me on the uh, stipulation. My dad said, I want her to have friends. Um, Brutal. Gwen's out there. I I think that what I... What else doesn't your dad like? <laughs> um, he hates Tom Brady. And I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. My for dad, my dad is kind of, um, I don't want to say he's like a contrarian, but he's a huge sports fan as it seems like you are too, based on your space jam background and your, Oh, I'm a big WNBA fan. And yeah. I love, I love like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like learn more about like professional women's sports. It's like mm-hmm. something I'm super into. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do like, I do like sports. I'm like, I wonder if your dad's watching the Olympics. I'm secretly watching them because I do not support, um, you know, the genocide that's happening in China that's no. being carried out by the Chinese government, but, 
I like Chinese people and I want I want to watch well, snowboarding. Didn't, I, um, I think I didn't Canada didn't like the Canada women's team and something take gold. I, I feel like it was skiing or snowboarding or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, we're like ma- oh, shockingly major contenders for the yeah hockey. So uh famously. The, yeah. So and it's a it's a duel between the US and Canada always. It's mm-hmm. like ooh love it yeah um and russia uh yeah the winter olympics i like healthy competition yeah the winter olympics i like a lot less than the summer olympics um but i'll tell you why because at least um in the at least like i i know this isn't this isn't an all this isn't an encompassing statement for the world but at least in the united states you have to be like rich to do all, all oh, the sports yeah. that happen in the winter olympics i was thinking that too well, and after they name the person they're like and they go to yale and i'm like oh fuck of course they do yeah and, and i mean I- like what i like about the summer olympics is that it does feel a lot more like anyone could win like mm-hmm. especially because i mean even like um I'm a big, I'm a big women's soccer fan. And so like the U S women's national team got like third in the Olympics. Uh, we got number one. I actually yeah. know a woman on that team, which is crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. I like went to grade school with her and I was like, what? I know someone kind of, who's yeah. <laughs> but the summer Olympics feel to me like they're more equitable. Like, it feels more like everyone mm-hmm. like really has a shot. Um, and I mean, th- I know that that's probably not true because I mean, even sports like soccer that like really originated and like are really celebrated in countries that are not as wealthy as like the United States, like obviously, you know, wealthy countries still have more resources, but like, it is cool mm-hmm. that like, you know, in theory, like it could be a unifier, you know? Yeah, it could be, it could be anyone. Whereas like in the winter Olympics, it's like, um, where are you going to get the giant ski jump? And mm-hmm. I love the giant ski jump. I think it's awesome, but it's chalet with your family for a week. Like what, how did, yeah. that's what I think about. If I actually like, I used to be like board culture. That's why I like mm-hmm. watching snowboarders. Like, I was like, oh yeah, it's sick. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I got priced out of it. Cause in, I'm my sure 20s, you did. Yeah, I was like, uh, rent. Let's yeah, I could I could either That's pay my utilities high. this month. Yeah, like is it expensive? Or I could go ski for a day or snowboard or whatever. Yeah, it's um I've been skiing a handful of times. Um and I think it's one of the benefits of being on the East Coast is you can kind of drive to where there's snow pretty easily. Um, mm. but every time I did it, I Number one, I've never liked it that much. I would much rather just hang out at like the ski lodge and mm-hmm. get like like you're warm here drinks. for the hot chocolate. I'm in that. I'm in that boat too. I yeah, like and and because like you actually do the skiing and it like hurts the whole way down, mm-hmm. and then you have bruises, and then it's like you have to like clunk up the hill, the mountain, I guess, and I don't know. It's there's so much like prep for that activity mm-hmm. that it's like the prep takes more time and more money and more energy than the activity itself. And at that point, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, well, if I'm going to do something that I'm takes good. more yeah. prep than the activity, 
then I want it to be like the most relaxing activity of my life. You know what I mean? Like for me, like, for example, like the prep that goes into like, uh, you know, drawing a bath is more than, is more than the activity of taking a bath, but that's because you do all the prep so that you can relax in the bath. Whereas like a giant meal too. It's like you get to eat the giant meal sitting the fuck down. Yeah. Hoping someone else will do the dishes, but yeah, like, yeah, I hear you. That's it's that. And it's winter sports are like, they're intense. Or if you're in figure skating, like you have to have a fancy costume. I went to, I I went to elementary, middle and high school with a girl who was a competitive, uh, figure skater. She was a buddy of mine. And, um, that, that was in, she did not have a life until she went to college. Um, she was also tiny. She was teeny tiny. So like, I'm like five, three, so I'm not very tall, but I like towered over her. She was like the tiniest little thing. Um, and she's still probably tiny. I don't keep up with her anymore, but I remember, I would just be like, I like, that was, I would like still doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I would be like, can you do the spins? And she's like, yeah, I've been doing them since I was eight. I'm like, that's crazy. And she's like, no, we, we have this conversation a lot, actually. I'm like, right. Copy. Um, are you, are you dizzy? Does it throw up? Yeah. What time do you wake up in the morning for? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. I mean, I'm a new parent and like, I have it pretty like easy because my child sleeps through the night and she's two, which it doesn't, Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem, that's not like rocket science, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's like, oh, I totally forgot we were talking about this. I got my mom brain. That's, that's (laughs) oh, it's waking up early. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like, baby she gets up right now like 6 30 mm-hmm. and, and and I go to bed at 10 which is crazy to me like when I was yeah. like transitioning from being like a party animal to a pregnant person to a mom was like that was the hardest that was the pandemic hardest that, that, was, that was that was the sickness for you yeah um, and yeah but uh-huh. like waking up early I'm like I used to do this in high school when I go to sports, like, and I'd wake up at five 30 and like, I, it, it hurt me a lot to try and like have to get up before seven mm-hmm. regularly. And I'm lucky my partner, like, you know, he'll take her for a while and I'll just go back to bed until like mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like just going from like owning my own business and setting my own hours and having fun all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in going to bed at like one and then be like, yeah, I'll get up at nine. I can be in the office by nine 30. Cause it's right there. Yeah. And having a child being like, wait, like she's my boss. Like, she's yeah. like, she you owns you. Up. You gotta be at work. Where are you? I need, I need oatmeal. I need, not, I need oatmeal. Coco melon. Barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, when is, when's your daughter's uh, birthday? February 24th. So she's going to be two in 14 days. She's a Pisces. My dad's birthday is the 23rd, but many, many years before your daughter was born, but she's, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio. So she's a fellow water sign. Great. Yeah. I'm trying to learn more about Pisces because I have a lot of Aquarius sisters in my life. Mm. I'm an Aries and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I have a couple of Pisces 
I only have a couple of Pisces friends. So I, yeah, I, I got her star chart done when she was born. So I was interested. Mm-hmm. So many things, so many things. Actually, she might be a comedian. That's one of the things that they said. They were like, mm-hmm. she, she'll be able to perform like, and stuff. Does she have, um, that she'll be she- so generous that people might take advantage of her. Like, oh, I'm going to kill him. Does she have Leo in her chart? Can't remember. Hmm. Well, that's usually like the performance thing. I think because oh. all the Leos are like, I'd love some attention. I'm a Leo rising. So, Ooh. and I'm an Aries moon actually, which I think is probably Ooh. where we get along well. Truth. Yeah. I was like, so. we get along. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think so. I think we get along. I don't know if you, I don't know. I, I was like, I like, I like this person. Yes. They're cool. Thank you. Thank and you. I appreciate also, it. I, I love podcasts and I love listening to podcasts. And so it's yeah. just great to, I really enjoyed the last podcast. You guys were chat chatting about, um, fucking swimming and I'm very opinionated about swimming. I was, I almost got to that point where you yell at the radio. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, yeah. and then what about, you know, I, I actually am a big swimmer fan. So like, I'm a contrarian to you folks, but I'm a, great. I, I was a swimmer. I wasn't a good swimmer, but I did like summer swim and stuff. And I was a swim coach for many years for like little kids. And I was very like ingrained in swim culture. I was the manager for my high school swim team. I won manager of the year two years in a row. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, but I wrote, no, I, I wrote out the cards basically for all the meets. That was like my big thing. And so I would like go to like one or two of the practices a week. And I would just like sit there and basically like write cards and like scratch cards and stuff like that. And then I would like give them over at the meet. And I also took, um, I did like splits. I did times. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I got like varsity letters for it. Um, and, and I got to hang out with my friends, even though I was a bad swimmer. And they were swimmers. Yeah. Uh, many of my friends were, were big swimmers. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was lamenting because in our, in my hometown, I found this out. I was like, what? The lifeguards are volunteers. Like the summer lifeguards are volunteers. And they get like an extra credit and the city wouldn't prolong like it's because of climate change. Like summer is longer now. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't prolong swimming for like kids and parents and stuff, which is normally like they have like some free outdoor pool right. spaces and because they would have because it's all run by these volunteers and we're like pay the people. Yeah to save lives like what why can't you and it was like a tax saving thing one year where they're like well what can we cut and it's like all this and is- it's funny yeah it's like all the privileged parents being like why can't we swim longer and it's like because you cut the taxes and yeah. you want to pay for yeah. people to learn and then here i'm on vancouver island right now and um we do a little swim we do a little kiddo swim mm-hmm. and close the pool we we get a notice like we pay for the pool we're playing in the kinder gym it's a program called the kinder gym and swim which that's is, cute is great um yeah and then they're like someone comes to the gym in their mask is like 
this women's cats off. We don't have enough lifeguards. And my friend was like, it's because they won't get vaccinated because they're they're just younger folks and they haven't gotten their vaccines yet. So they can't come into yeah. work. So there's not like enough lifeguards that want to get vaccinated. Labor shortage. It's I'm happening like, everywhere. <laughs> it's happening everywhere. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I hope that the lifeguards get vaccinated and that. Yeah. that the, the kinders can swimmers the kinder gym and swim can yeah begin. can can gym and swim gym, um gym and swim yeah. <laughs> well leslie thank you so much for being on the podcast this has been a thank hoop you for and a half. having me of course yes, it's been lovely to meet you and yeah i will keep listening and you stay funny Excellent. Well, I wanted to give you this opportunity now to like plug yourself. Uh, if anyone, if you have any, you know, I know you mentioned like a short film and stuff like that. So if there's anything that you want people to check out now would be the time. I got stuff. Um, I would say head over to my Instagram, um, for my company, it's uh, Maven network and it's M A V N E T W O R K Maven network. Um, it's no E. Uh, mm-hmm. and you can see all the stuff that's coming up there, things I'm working on. Um, I got this great music video that just came out. Uh, it was reviewed in Stereogum and Exclaim and some other like indie rock magazines. That's really uh, cool. It's called, yeah, the band's called Partner. Mm-hmm. They're lesbian rock duo who are gay, but not for each other. And I do all their videos and I'm having a new one coming out in a couple of weeks, but the one that we just produced was called Time is a Car. And it's radical. So very so cool. Check it out and go to my Instagram. You can see what other crap I'm producing. And okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. And then, um, Leslie, if you, if you would like, I would love to send you some stickers as a thank you for being on the podcast. Yay! Yep. And if, if you're not Leslie and you want stickers, don't worry. I have really good news for you. You can join the Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Ono the pod. Um, join it's three bucks a month and you get stickers and you get exclusive content. And one of the things that I'm starting up on the Patreon is I'm going to be putting full podcast transcripts on the Patreon. I'm trying to figure out how to get them to like a free hosting service so that everyone can access them. But for now, Patreon is the only place I can put them. So if that's something that you're interested in as well, um, it's three bucks a month. Every penny goes towards the podcast. Um, if you want stickers, but you can't commit to a monthly commitment, I understand. Times are tough. We also have a coffee page. So if you donate a buck or two to that, then I will send you stickers. Um, and then other than that, we are at Ono oh the Pod on Instagram and Twitter and at Ono oh with Anna Campion on TikTok. Um, and every week I post uh, little clips from the episodes there and, you know, fun little, fun little content stuff. So check all that out. And if you're listening particularly on uh, Apple podcasts or Spotify, please do give us a rate and review. It helps us out a lot in the algorithm and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all my housekeeping. Um, but yeah, Leslie, thank you again so much. Really, really appreciate it. And for everyone else, I will catch you all on the flip. I want to give a huge shout out to all of my amazing patrons, Grace Murray, Kira Sears, Jillian Townsend, Schaefer Nelson, Clay Moyhan, Haley Pregnall, Caroline Phelan, Stephen B., and Davidson Norris. 
You guys are absolutely amazing. You are the reason that this podcast can keep going. And if you're interested in being included in this shout out after every single episode, please do check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash ohnothepod. Ono's theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Katie Stahl and Mackenzie Haight. And the amazing cover art was done by Devante Burse, uh, at Devante Burse on all socials, at designed by Devante on Instagram. <laughs>